to drive on 98.7 ESPN. Hardest detail at the top of the hour. Then it's our coverage of game two of the National League Championship Series between L.A. and Atlanta. And while we're talking a little baseball, and because the Mets were just so dismal this year, and I'm trying not to talk about them for a moment, I decided to talk about the Yankees. And when we talk about the Yankees on this program, we always turn to the Daily News' own, Christy Acker, who does a tremendous job covering the Yankees and baseball in general. Hi, Christy. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm all right, thank you. So, Christy, your article, I guess, is probably, your article a couple of days ago, is probably the biggest topic of what Yankee fans are trying to figure out is going to happen with their team when they look uh, going forward in uh, 2022. But let me start with the Aaron Boone situation and the fact that Nevin was told bye-bye, Marcus Timms was told bye-bye. Um, does that mean that it's automatic he stays, or does that mean that, well, you know, we'll see how he reacts and maybe we'll send him packing too? I think it was more along the lines of they're talking to him, they're hoping to get something done with him. I mean, I, I believe they believe Aaron Boone could possibly, you know, how do I say this? I think that there's a very good chance Aaron Boone is back. Let's put it that way. Um, you know, that's that's a tough blow for him when they fired Phil Nevin. Phil Nevin is, you know, a guy that Aaron Boone grew up with. Um, but, you know, uh, that's the business of baseball, and Phil Nevin and Aaron Boone both grew up in it, and they know that. Christy, is it a situation where – well, let me ask it this way. How do you bring him back – you bring him back on a one-year deal. Do you bring him back as a, you know, as a as a lame duck, quote unquote, manager? That you know, you got one year. This is it. Otherwise, you're out. Is that how you bring him back? You can't give him a multi-year deal. Well, I think you can give him two. Um, hmm. I mean, I think you can give him two years, um, and I think that's probably what they'll do. Um, and it's not been unheard of for someone to be fired for it with a year left on their contract. But I, I, you know, the awkwardness here is, you know, as far as we know, Brian Cashman's contract runs through next year. So, you know, you're, you're either giving him the right to hire a long-term manager and maybe possibly not be around after next year, or you're having a manager who's going to outlive his GM. So it seems a little awkward. How in- – <laughs> This is going to be weird to say, so let me put it this way. <laughs> we always hear about managers and coaches losing the room because, you know, you, they're around the players too much and you start yeah. to hear the same old thing and you, you tune them out. Is that the same for a general manager? Has has Brian been around too long? Is is it time to get a fresher look at how, you know, teams are built? Because, you know, listen, I love Brian. He's been there forever. But, you know, teams who are who have spent less money are seem to be interpreting what sabermetrics does and building their teams better than what he's doing. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a fair question. And I think the problem is that we don't really have a measuring stick other than world series to evaluate, you know, the front office on, we don't know, you know, analytics is kind of like, you know, the, the boogeyman that everybody talks about analytics, but you know what we're seeing, what we're seeing is there's a difference in their analytics. 
You know, all the teams have the same numbers now and information. It's how you interpret it and how you use it and, and how you translate that to players. Um, and, you know, there's really no accountability or evaluation for that part of the organization, really, you know, publicly. So, you know, it's an interesting thought. You know, Brian Cashman, I can't see how Steinbrenner breaking with Brian Cashman because, they seem to work together well. They seem to be on the same page most of the time. And, you know, I think there's some comfort level there for Hal Steinbrenner that this is a guy that his dad trusted. Yeah. And, you know, there's there's, there's something said for the devil you know as opposed to the one, the one you don't know. And it, it's That's crazy, right. Christy. You have to always look at who you're going to replace people with. So who would that be? Yeah. I mean, un under a normal situation, I guess we wouldn't be – you know, it's the Yankees, so everything is based on championships. I mean, we look at Boone, we look at Cashman. I mean, they've, they've had sustainable success with this franchise. But, you know, it's the Yankees, and the Yankees demand championships. So that that's why we're looking. Uh, Christy Ackert's my guest. She covers the Yankees and Major League Baseball for the Daily News. This is The Drive on 98.7 ESPN. Christy, I'm really interested in the philosophy of this Yankee team. Are they going to spend money this year? I mean, they did not spend any money last year. It was all about getting under the, the, the uh, threshold so they can, you know, taxes and all this other stuff. But clearly, they need to make some moves to make this team more athletic and to try to make them a little better. And as you put, pointed out in your article of a couple of days ago, they got some major holes to fill. They do have major holes to fill. I mean, I know it's old school to say, but you need to be solid up the center, and they're just not. Um so, yeah, I think the biggest question right now, however, is, you know, everybody talks about the luxury tax threshold. We don't know what it's going to be with the new CBA. So we don't know what those rules are going to be, whether there's still going to be the same threshold, if there's going to be the same tax implications. So I'm not sure the Yankees know, you know, exactly how much they're going to spend until they know what the new rules are. And I don't know that any team knows that. Uh, let's have some fun. First base. <laughs> um, Christy, I mean, listen, Luke Voigt, I know people love him. When he was on the bench, people were crying for him because they love the power. They love what he brings to the table. But, I mean, Mike Rizzo is so much better as a, uh, as a defensive first base. I mean, Anthony Rizzo was so much better as a defensive first baseman than what Luke Voigt yeah. was, but he didn't display the power. So, And he's going to want big money. I mean, he turned down a lot of money with the Cubs. Is, uh, do you see him coming million? back, or do you think he's going to end up going back to Chicago? I, you know, I wouldn't offer him $70 million, So, um, <laughs> you know, I mean, his numbers, his slug has gone down in recent years. Um, but, I mean, if, if the Cubs are going to offer him $70 million, it's, certainly he should go back there. But, um hey, why, if you're going to dream big, why not Freddie Freeman? I mean, that guy's great. You know, I mean, he's going to be a free agent. They haven't locked him up yet. If you want to dream big for first base, what about Freddie? As a Met fan, I would love to see him in the Bronx. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do your, do your Mets fans a favor and get him out of there. Absolutely. I would love to see him in the Bronx. I really would. Uh, Christy, what Me are the Yankees going to yeah, I know. What did the Yankees go to? He's a great. He's a great quote. He would be fabulous. Yeah. He would be fabulous. He's a great quote. I don't. I don't like the team he plays for, but he's a great quote. Uh, yeah. What What are they going to do with center field? I mean, Aaron Hicks is always hurt. How do you prepare for center field <laughs> on this team? 
I think they have to make a commitment to someone else being their everyday center fielder. I mean, he hasn't proven he can stay on the field yet, so there's that issue. Um, you know, I mean, they can't bring back Brett Gardner to do it again. That was just too much for him. You know, he was brought in to be a fourth outfielder and played every day. You know, Aaron Judge played a decent center field. Yeah. Um, I would, you know, I would, I would like to see them go out and get a center fielder. I think you can, but the problem is, you know, they've got to spend at shortstop, right? I mean, are they going to spend at catcher? Are they going to spend at first base? They have Aaron Hicks there and available if he can stay healthy. I mean, I can't see them spending on all of those spots. And with the ability to move Judge there, that might be a little less of a priority for them. How surprised were you how well Stanton played in the outfield and how well that made his offense? Um, you know, the funny thing is, I mean, remember, I covered him – I saw him a lot when I covered the Mets, and he mm -hmm. was always a decent outfielder. I never thought there was anything wrong with him as an outfielder. Um, I guess I was surprised because the expectations had been so low. I mean, we had basically been told that he couldn't play outfield, you know, because he was going to get injured. But it really did seem to improve his offense all around. He was a much happier player, obviously. Um, and whatever he did physically – you know, he didn't really go into detail with it, but whatever he did physically to stay, you know, healthy this year really seemed to work for him. I mean, he he had a really he had a really good stretch down the down the end, and and I think from like it was August first he was playing in the outfield, mm -hmm. it, it, he looked great. I thought. I mean, it gave them so much more versatility. Yeah, definitely, definitely, and like you said, he seemed to be a happier player. It's almost like, see, I I I, I told you I could play the outfield. Like I'm not just the one. One guy player that's forty years old and it's going to be the DH all the time, you know. I, I can I can you know be in the outfield. You know, I think one of the things that is missed by Stanton because he's not a big talker is Stanton is a very accountable guy and he's also a leader. I mean, he he knows you know he's he he will say the big he'll make the big statement when he has to. But he's a leader in the clubhouse, and I also think he's happier. I think it's easier for him to be in that role when he's playing in the outfield as well, you know, not just being the DH. Christy, I'm at a loss. I, I understand what Joey Gallo brings to the table as a left-hand batter. I understand <laughs> uh, that he's a really good athlete, great arm in the outfield, understand that he's home run or walk and a ton of strikeouts. But, Christy, I don't know with all that. I don't know if he's a guy that can play in New York. I mean, it's a short sample size, I grant you, but I just I, – I, I don't know about him. I really don't. I don't think anyone does. I mean, you know, statistically, you looked at what he had, and I, I think they thought he would fit in well with his, you know, swing to, you know, the short porch. But I don't think they – I don't know – I can't say this for sure, but, you know, scouts that I talked to had wondered, you know, how is he going to handle when he strikes out four times in a game in New York? How is that going to go over? I'm not sure that was a question that was asked a lot. Um, you know, he he's very accountable. He, he says the right things. 
I guess, you know, because we're not in the locker room or in the clubhouse all the time, I can't really tell you how he reacted, but, I mean, it was a pretty tough start for him. It was, and Rizzo actually played better when he, when he first got and when the trades were made. He was the guy. And, see, here's the thing that I like about Rizzo, and I understand about the numbers and the money, but at least, at least, Christy, he's a guy that makes contact. He's a guy that will adjust. He's a guy that if you pitch it, if you throw it to the opposite way, he'll hit it that way. I mean, Gallo's not that he's guy. He's a very and, smart hitter. Yeah, and the Yankees don't have many of those guys. No, I mean, he, DJ LeMay, who used to be like that before this year, um, yeah, you know, I mean, it's funny. I talked to um, Anthony Iapoche, who is a Long Island guy who used to be the Cubs hitting coach when they traded for him. And he said to me, he's like, he just knows what the what what is needed at the moment. When he goes to the plate, he knows the situation, he, he knows what, what he needs to do. And he does it. And, I mean, you know, yes, he can hit home runs, but he does get the single. He does make contact. You're right. He gets things moving. They mm-hmm. need a few more contact hitters in that lineup. They definitely do. They definitely do. They've got, I tell you, this is probably as big um, an offseason for the Yankees as they had in a while because, you know, they've got a lot of questions. Uh, I'm still trying to figure out what whatever happened to Clint Frazier. I mean, Christy, <laughs> your, your, your work is cut out for you this offseason. I'm telling you, there's a lot of questions yeah. with this Yankee team. Yeah, and I don't know how many answers we're going to get until we find out if there's a CBA. So um, apparently Clint Frazier made some social media posts that he, he's going to explain what happened at some point. So maybe we'll find out about that. And, and hey, there's Tim LaCastro. You forgot about him. He That's right. He plays left field, too. So. That's right. That's right. Um, I mean, and, yeah, there's a lot of questions out there. <laughs> and And there's about, I would say – conservatively about 752 Gary Sanchez stories that you're going to be writing uh, between the off season and next season. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I've, I've covered this team for three years now. I feel like I've written 600 and some odd already. I know. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, Gary Sanchez might be a guy that would benefit greatly from a change of scenery. I mean, they might be finally willing to admit that. And and there are teams out there that want him because he does have – he has power. Yeah, he does. Talk about the perfect DH. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. a guy who could be a DH. That's a guy because you don't want him behind the plate. Well, you know, and that's the funny thing when it goes back to the accountability with the analytics people. You know, I understand people get so frustrated with Gary because of past balls and stuff like that. But then again, the people that give him his paycheck, the analytics department that's on office, they don't care about that. Mm-hmm. They care about framing. So, you know, Gary gets yelled at by all the fans for not doing what they want him to do, but his bosses say, yeah, don't worry about it. It's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. See, this is the stuff you find out when you read Christy Eckert in the Daily News when she talks about the Yankees and all the stuff that's going on in Major League Baseball. Christy, thanks for a couple of minutes. Thanks, Larry. Have a good night. All right, you too. Christy Ackert of the Daily News. By the way, in 2022, Major League Baseball will require teams to provide housing for minor league players. A lot of conversation about that uh, during, you know, going into what's going to happen and when because of COVID and they had to, you know, cancel the minor leagues and all this other stuff and the schedules and stuff like that. So that's going to be an interesting situation there. Uh, Updating some scores, we had the Cowboys take the lead in their game. 
Uh, right now, the Cardinals have just extended their lead to um, A.J. Green with another touchdown. Man, he is so good. He is so, so good. They have extended their lead to 36-14. Uh, to 14. Extra point coming there. We'll update you on some more scores. Cowboys leading 17-14 as we move to the fourth quarter. And, of course, uh, Teddy Bridgewater fumbled, so the Broncos are um, in trouble. The Raiders leading 24-10, and they, they're on the move. More of your calls next. Plus, we'll hear from Joe Judge before we leave you at 7 for Dodgers Braves on 98.7 ESPN. This is 98.7 ESPN.